Shaheen Show presented by Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil, of course, track proven, race ready, and you can find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. Today, our guest is uh, one of the guys who I believe is already on the Mount Rushmore of his form of sport. He has six Grand National Flat Track Championships, and he is just shy of 50 wins in the category. Of course, talking about Jared Meese. Jared, how are you today? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing good, buddy. Doing really good. You know, six championships and 50 wins, just shy of that, uh, puts you right up there with some pretty rarefied air. Scotty Parker, nine titles and 94 wins. Chris Carr has seven titles and a whole bunch of victories himself. Then you get down to guys like Springer. Jay Springsteen has three straight championships, 43 career victories. Of course, that was cut short a little bit due to some uh, illness there. People kind of wonder how much Jay might have actually done had he gone as long as many would love to have seen him ride. And Kenny Roberts, KR with two titles and 32 victories. Can you believe you're included in those names and numbers? Man, when you say it like that, it definitely makes me smile. and uh, Definitely makes me feel uh, feel good about what we've done um, so far in my career. You know, Jay Springsteen is probably one of the, the biggest dudes I look up to uh, right now, currently. Chris Carr, especially. Scotty Parker, you know. I mean, Ricky Graham um, was, was one really bad dude, too. And, yeah. uh, you know, those guys, even though they don't have maybe the championships – that uh, some of the others got, they were still, you know, the guys every weekend back in the day that were, that were the best, you know, and, and um, to be able to put myself basically right now on the third time win list for championships and, and uh, race wins and still be active is uh, very rewarding and still gives me that goal to uh, strive every year to catch the next two. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, it's, it's awesome to, to really sit back and um, and enjoy what I've done in the sport, and I don't do it enough, and maybe that's what I should do, and maybe maybe I should and shouldn't, because if I do start mm-hmm. really enjoying it, maybe I'll start slacking off way too much. So I uh, I just I don't really ever put it in perspective like that, and it's kind of cool to to hear uh, to hear somebody throw it out there like that. You you realize there's some kid pounding around a, a dirt oval somewhere dreaming of being you. Yes, exactly, and. And uh, one of those things, you know, it's just human nature, right? To just uh, always want more, right? You know, it's just it's just that that deal where you always want. If you if you make a hundred dollars, you want to win. You want to make two hundred dollars. If you win one championship, you want to win two. You win two, you want to win four. So it's just one of those things where no matter what, you always want more. And uh, I guess that's what keeps us all hungry. Well, I, I think that's what separates good from great, right? Good might settle for one. Great can't settle for one, which is why you have six and are striving for seven. Um, what do you you still feel good enough based on the fact that you're still in the thick of the points each and every year? You're still winning races. How many do you think you can get? Are you chasing numbers at this point? Well, I mean, I'll be lying right now if I said that I didn't want to match or beat Scotty Parker's record. Um, you know, being 33 years old, going to be 34 uh, in 2020, you know, I still feel like uh, I've got some good years to, to go. And I think now I could start really using a lot of the experience on uh, bike setup and also tracks to uh, 
to win races and championships. And then, you know, I still feel like uh, on any given day, I'm still right up there in the thick of things to, to, to battle for the race wins. Um, you know, I think some of the racetracks uh, definitely are forteing the younger guys, but um, you don't have to win every race. We all know that. So if, as long as I can go to the races where I don't feel like I'm as competitive, uh, to, to, you know, and battle for a podium or a top five, and go to the races where I know I can win and um, win those. I still feel like we can win the number one plate. Well, you say some of the tracks are set more for the younger guys and some you know are geared for you. Which is which? I think the TTs are uh, shown to be more of a younger younger guy's um, strength. Uh, and I don't really know the actual reason why that. I mean, there should be no reason why I can't go and win a TT. And obviously I've won a couple of TTs uh, the last couple of years and I've been competitive on them. I've gotten podiums on them. So to, to, you know, to say that I'm not uh, geared for a TT is, is an understatement. Believe me, I just feel like, uh, if there's a, if there's a track where a younger guy is going to rule over an older guy, I think it will be the TTs. And I think the miles are more geared for, you know, the older guys, especially like Springfield where there's a lot of, a lot of strategic planning going on during the whole main event. And I think that only comes with experience or if you're on a motorcycle, that's just way above everybody else's. So, um, I think, uh, I think that's where the line gets crossed myself. You know, I uh, grew up in Northern California in Sacramento. So we used to have the Sacramento mile when I was younger twice a year. And of course, San Jose, right down the road, another, the legendary miles in this country. If you've never witnessed a flat track mile, uh, I would say you've not completed your racing resume as a fan. It's something you've got to see with flat track racing. As you said, it is an extremely high speed chess match played out at over 140 miles an hour as you guys enter the corners. What is the key in your mind to being a great mile racer? Um, I think trying to come up with a plan throughout the 25 lap main event, um, is, is the, is a big key. I think knowing who the players are and knowing and trying to remember where their strengths and weaknesses were on the racetrack, because, you know, you only have to win the mile by an inch at the line. So wherever you have got to be the best right at that spot is where you need to try to plan for. And, um, you know, I learned so much racing in my career. I've learned a lot from Chris Carr racing him at my early years, but the last four or five years, I probably learned the most from Brian Smith. And, uh, you know, when he was, especially when he was on the Kawasaki and I was on the XR and I was, yes, I was at a disadvantage on straight line speed compared to him. So everything had to be made up in the corners and I seen him do things down the straightaways and the way he planned things and the way he would roll out of the gas and let somebody go by him and just the way he would plan things. And I would rewatch it and I would be like, Oh, he did that because of this. He is a very smart mile rider. And, um, he, uh, he has taught me a lot and I've brought a lot of what he's shown me to what I've done the last few years on the Indians and, uh, it has worked well. So I guess in a way I should thank him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then of course that means that he gave up a secret or two, which I'm sure, unfortunately for you, you probably have given up without you even realizing it to some of the younger guys that are chasing you. So how do you continue to develop 
your mastery of the mile? Well, it's just it's just kind of maybe outsmarting the next guy, you know, or putting them in a position where you want them that they don't even know that they want to even be in or they yeah. think they want to be in. That was always Brian Smith's game. He was always good at going, I'm going to I'm going to bait him into this and then here I am going, I want to be there, I want to be there, but really I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. uh, that's the deal. And, and you know, will, will I figure it out every time we go back to the mile or Springfield? No. And when I say miles and, and planning, it's mainly the Springfields and Sacramento. It's the places where the drafting is such a big, important role. Uh, some of the cushion miles, I almost chalk those up as like big, big half miles because there's a lot more separation. There's not really any drafting or a very few little bit of drafting. Um, you're riding through the corner sideways. There's multiple lines. So some of the miles don't really play into any strategic planning or, or guesswork or anything. It's just about going out there and pinning the throttle. And the guy that's going to be the gnarliest that day is going to win the race. That's Would that be like Minnesota and the Meadowlands, places like that? Meadowlands, uh, Minnesota, uh, Meadowlands can turn into a groove, so that was, can be a little bit of a planning. But Minnesota, yes. Oklahoma City Mile, yes. Um, gotcha. You know, the Red Mile is kind of a groove type of racetrack, so you could kind of plan a little bit there. Any place that's kind of loose and loamy on a mile is usually, you know, let's just pin it to win it. Is there one you missed that you wish they brought back that was your favorite mile? The coin. Yeah. The coin mile is the absolute most funnest, coolest race to watch because we, we do our drafting down the straightaways and it's busy down the straightaways. But when we shoot off into the corners, we just fan out four or five wide. And then it's like we come down the straightaway and we all get back in line. And it's just like that for lap after lap. But that's probably the coolest mile or probably the – it's one of the coolest miles. And it's definitely for sure the, the, the coolest mile that we do not go to. Um, that we all wish we could go to, but that one, uh, that one's really good. Yeah. I called a race there once five wide at the finish line. That was, uh, beyond Epic. It's, it's something to, to just, uh, you had to see it to believe it. Going I think that's the one David Cameron won. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Going down the back straightaway, for example, in one of these miles, you know, to the race fan, it seems like everything's going so incredibly fast. I assume for you, when you're in the tuck, down on that gas tank everything is in slow motion what goes through your mind at 140 miles an hour um yeah everything you know that's one thing i always bring up to people is that the miles every we're going so fast but everything reacts slow it seems like because it's just we have a lot more time um but the biggest thing is with the springfield mile or any mile in particularly that you that are, that you're drafting, you do not really want to break the tires loose. You want to try to road race it off in there. You want to try to keep the wheels in line um, as best as you can. So momentum is a big key on the miles. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Jared Meese here on the Ralph Sheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the wrecking crew, the old and the new. We'll be right back. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. 
friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey race fans, it's Ralph Shaheen, and like you, I have a huge passion for racing. With the most in-depth features on racers, series, and events, no one covers racing better than America's original motorsports publication, Speedsport. Get your subscription to Speedsport Magazine today at Speedsport.com. Welcome back to the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil, of course, is track proof and race ready. You can find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. This is a bottle of their Lucas Oil engine stop leak, engine oil stop leak. Make sure you check out the great Lucas Oil products. We're talking to a good buddy of ours, motorcycle flat track racer, Jared Mees, who's a member of the current wrecking crew for the Indian Motorcycle Company. Now, the wrecking crew, when it started back in the 50s, was Bobby Hill, Ernie Beckman, and Bill Truman. Uh, and those guys, man, they were something else, weren't they? They they just dominated motorcycle flat track racing back in the 50s, Jared. In fact, Bobby Hill won three titles in a row, and that's when Springfield was a championship all unto itself. Now, are you a student of the game? Do you get into the the history of flat track racing? Uh, yeah, a little tiny bit. I mean, no, no. I mean, them guys were, that's when you would call a man a man back then. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get into the history quite that, I guess, that far back in a way. Um, but I'm aware that the Springfield Mile was, the determining factor of the grand national champion one race one one day so uh yeah he was able to do it three times it was uh was pretty amazing obviously um it's uh it's definitely nice that they do they determine the grand national champion the way they do now rather than just at one race but uh yeah i mean they uh they got it done lot you know back in the day and you know their helmets were made out of just basically leather and no gloves i mean them guys were were really hardcore. Yeah, Hill, Beckman, and Tuman actually won 14 races in a very short period of time from 1950 to 53. And now you and your teammates at the Indian Factory team are considered the wrecking current wrecking crew. And you know what? Those guys, after Indian closed up the shop, the, the factory went away, it was about 64 years later before an Indian motorcycle was again in victory lane and it was you at daytona that had to be a special moment it definitely was um if there are certain things in my career that are highlights i would say winning the daytona tt in 2017 was was definitely in there um you know to be the first guy to come back after that long period of time of, of, of and putting uh they you know indian on top at daytona on the first round out on the thing i mean it's there's really no more better story that could be made for, for Indian and myself together. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of history that's been built so far between myself and Indian with just 
being the first guy to test ride the FTR 750 and being the test rider in 2016 behind closed doors and things like that and getting the motorcycle to where it is today and being the most dominant brand in the twins class the last three years um, definitely says a lot about what we have done together uh, as a, as my team was a big part of it. And, and also as Indians team with uh, Swiss auto and, and SNS cycles. I mean, we all played a really big factor into getting this motorcycle to where it is today. And it is today's modern best flat track motorcycle that, that is uh, currently on the racetrack. And I think it will continue to be the best motor stru- motorcycle uh, for a long time. Um, you know, similar to maybe the XR 750, that thing seen, you know, seen days, and uh years of dominance and uh i think the indian is gonna repeat what was that it was at 16 when you guys did all the testing behind the scenes there had to be some great days and some very low days during that period as you're developing the bike uh what what was that like was it one of the most challenging (laughs) things you've ever done no by no means no it wasn't the most challenging thing i've ever done um it actually was if, if I was able to, if, if you were to look at some of the other teams and brands that are trying to run um, different brands to see how long they have struggled or how little progression they have made to what the Indian started out, the very first test to where it was four or five tests later was, you know, half a second to seven tenths. And I chalk that up to just having a really awesome crew to be able to relate like what I was throwing down on paper and them going, okay, I understand what you're trying to say here and giving me back the tools that I exactly wanted. Sometimes the tools weren't the right tools and sometimes we need more tools on top of more tools. So it was, it was awesome to be able to say, no, we are closer, but we still need this direction or we need that or no, we went the wrong way. Um, so yeah, the, the very first time I rode the bike, I got off of it and I'm like, man, what an awesome piece of art, but we really have got some work to do here, you know, and we've tried some, we tried suspension, made some gains, you know, little things. And then we really, you know, just started putting it all together. Um, I think it was like later in July and, uh, heck by like, I remember testing it at the Springfield mile in September, uh, in 2016. And I remember coming in my rig and uh, I was battling for the championship with Brian Smith that year. I just actually broke at Springfield Mile and lost a bunch of points going into the last race. And uh, I was ready to put the XR750 aside and race the Indian the last race of the year at the Santa Rosa Mile to go for the championship. But unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they already committed that spot to Joe Cop. And they really were like, hey, you know, the bike is so brand new and so new, you know, and I understand they were like, we would hate for you to be out there and the thing break and you lose the championship on the Indian type of thing. And I yeah. can understand that and respect that. But at the same time, I had <laughs> yeah, I had more uh, I had uh, more confidence in the Indian lasting on the mile than I did the old XR because man, those XRs, what we were doing to those things at the end of my career, they were far past what they were ever supposed to do, you know? So I had, I had a lot more confidence riding a modern day race bike than taking 
you know, this motorcycle that was based off 1970s technology and, you know, was supposed to make only 75 horsepower. And we had them things near a hundred and revving RPMs on an air cooled push rod engine that people still to this day scratch their head about. So I had more confidence running the Indian last race, but it didn't work out and, uh, or, you know, didn't happen for me, but we ended up testing a lot through the off season there and came out to Daytona swinging. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't expect an Indian factory rider to mention that the XR750 was a Harley Davidson. And the Harley, to its credit, as you said, 1970s technology and people just rang its neck for decades to get some amazing pieces and victories out of it. It was a great motorcycle, still around today for some guys. Uh, and the Indian now looks like it is going to be the modern version of where the XR went. It is every reason to believe that this current Indian is going to do the same type of thing and be the bike to have if you're going to be flat track racing for decades to come. Uh, Speaking of that, you have ridden for two of the most legendary brands in all of motorcycle racing. Uh, There comes a lot of pressure with that because the fan basis for both of those brands is pretty loyal and very outspoken and they want to see their guys win. It's got to be pretty cool and full of a lot of stress to deliver for those loyal fan bases. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. Uh, you know, I think in flat track, you know, yeah, they have brand specific that they're maybe going for. But at the end of the day, you know, a flat track fan is seems to be a flat track fan a lot. And uh, it seems like the rider, you know, the fan is more a fan of the rider and um you know i think in the very very beginning you know they were they were so pumped up to see somebody come in and really take over the dominance that harley davidson had and you know kawasaki did on the miles and stuff like that and you know they still continue to really to really enjoy seeing the indian dominate um and uh you know ever since we started racing and and winning on the indian we uh see a lot more people showing up with Indian t-shirts and Indian motorcycles. So, uh, Indians has done it. They, they've done it right. In my, in my, uh, in my view, I mean, they, I mean, I could walk into any Indian dealership right now and if the manager's in, they know exactly who I am, what I'm doing. They have, you know, racing footage up on, on TV screens and, and monitors around the, around the dealerships and lots of, Indian racing flat track apparel and signs. So they have done so good at letting their dealers and their people knowing what an Indian is doing um, on a weekly basis and on a yearly basis. And they came out with a new FTR 1200 uh, motorcycle that's based around, you know, the FTR 750 flat track race bike. And uh, they've done a great job and uh, it's a, it's a great company to race for and uh, be a part of and very loyal and um they get it done yeah that is a really cool street bike man that thing is awesome um many of us most of us will never have an opportunity to be a factory rider or driver for anybody what's the coolest thing about being an indian factory rider oh boy the coolest thing about being an indian flat track factory rider um I would say just uh, having, you know, like I said before, just probably knowing that that you kind of walk in any Indian dealership 
or or anything to do with Indian itself, um, the people know what we're doing on the racetrack and know who we are individually. I think that's probably one of the coolest things that I've that I've seen is that they've taken their riders and, and made them bigger stars than than what they were. And uh, I think that's a I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, sure is. Indian started in what, 1901, isn't it? 1901? Correct. Yeah. Speed Sport started in 1934. So we're not quite as old as Indian, but we're doing our best to hang in there. And we do cover American flat track racing. So if you'd like to find out more about where Jared Mees and the rest of the flat track community are doing these days, get a subscription started to Speed Sport. You can do that by going to speedsport.com. We'll be right back with more with Jared Mees, the six-time flat track Grand National Champion right after this. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. We will be celebrating Speed Sports' 85th anniversary this year. Incredible how time flies by. To help commemorate the occasion, we've unveiled the Vault Collection of merchandise. A really cool variety of t-shirts, hats, posters, and a lot more. It's all available right now in the store at speedsport.com. Shop for yourself or get a gift or two for your racing buddies. The Vault Collection of merchandise. Available now in the store at speedsport.com. Welcome back to Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil, track proven, race ready. You can find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. Jared Mees, our guest here today, the six-time champion in flat track motorcycle racing. Jared, flat track seems to be uh, enjoying a great resurgence these days. Of course, you riding for Indian. Indian is a big part of that, I think. The whole Indian Harley war has been a lot of fun to watch. Kawasaki, a big player in it. A lot of other brands now starting to show up and getting involved in flat track racing. What do you think of the current state of American flat track racing these days? You know, I came in the sport in 2004. Uh, I was considered a rookie in 2004, I guess. I mean, I've been a part of the sport, you know, my whole career and turned professional in 2002. But my rookie year was 20, 2004. And I mean, <clears throat> since 2017, and I call it like the rebirth of flat track, where there was a lot of different rules, Indian came in. I would say that, you know, 17, 18 and, and the current year, 19, has been the best that I've seen it. Um on multi multiple levels uh more riders making than honest living uh you know way more exposure especially with the nbc sports um fans choice uh lots lots of articles magazines uh interviews are are more wanted than than what they were you know it seems like back in the day it was like hey could we please come and do an interview <laughs> now it's hey can you please come do an interview and uh it's that's that's been awesome to see um i know that the probably the next question is is why do i think <laughs> and um and i'll just answer that i really think a big percentage of it has to do with indian motorcycle people you know they came in and they built a purpose-built flat track race bike from the ground up 
And I think that turns heads of what is that? Let's see it. What's it doing the racetrack? You know, I think their whole marketing team has done a great job at, uh, you know, promoting flat track to the dealers, to the, to the riders. Um, they do a great job on, on getting us in front of the people and, uh, American flat track themselves have got, you know, they've done a lot of great things as well. The NBC sports package is, is probably one of the biggest things that has turned the sport in the right direction. Um, there's been a lot of heart down there. Have they made mistakes? Absolutely. We've all made mistakes. Is there things that we could be doing that are better? I'm sure there is, you know, and, and just like any sport, you always are trying to make things better and you don't know if things are going to work unless you try. And, and, uh, I know that, you know, outside looking in, it's easy to say you, you messed up here, you messed up there. But the, the reality is, is that flat track is in a better spot today than it was five years ago and a way better spot than it was 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's only going to continue to go in that direction. You know, I think 17 and 18, it, it went from, you know, here to way up here. And I think we're 19 and 20. We're, we're at that spot where we're still trying to go, go to that next level. And, um, I think there's some good things that I'm hearing in the works to take us there. You know, every uh, American motorcycle world champion came through flat track racing at some point in time in their career. Why didn't you move on to road racing and, and chase that dream as well? I almost did. Uh, I actually almost did. I had a really awesome connection with American Honda uh, back in like 2006, seven, and eight. And, uh, I was getting a little bit of support from them on the 450 singles because back then we ran the 450 based bikes on the, on the short tracks and the TTs yeah. and the half miles and miles we ran the twins. And at the time I was riding the XR750 and uh, I had a great connection with Honda and uh, an awesome connection with one of the biggest Honda dealers in the, in Pennsylvania, Montgomeryville Cycle Center. And, um, we, uh, they were supporting me with bikes and the dealership was, gave me a road race bike and I was, you know, going to go and do some road racing and try to make that transition transition over in 2008. I got hurt. I, uh, blew my knee out, had a bad concussion and it was just everything I could do to go from flat track race to the next flat track race before I could get my knees fixed. And I just was, I was beat up and right at that time too in 2008 was basically like the dropout of road racing uh awesome riders like jake zemke and tommy hayden and things like that were struggling to keep rides and people were coming in with lots of money and buying factory rides and for me i was at that spot in flat track where it was like okay i'm gonna be the next guy and i'm already right here gunning for the championships and 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 running up front for me to kind of step over here and make this transition right now where talented riders like like i mentioned jake zemke tommy hayden uh are, are are a little bit on the struggle now to find rides or keep rides due to uh money backing i was like it's going to be even tougher for me to make this transition so here i was hurt not a whole lot of road race experience very expensive to go road racing. It was going to be on my own dime until I could prove myself. I basically just made the call like, that's it. I'm staying flat tracking. And, and, uh, and I think 
I made, I'm pretty sure I made the right decision. Obviously if I would have went road racing and been good enough to go to MotoGP and when given uh, Mark Marquez a run for his money, uh, we would, we'd all rethought that, but that's pretty far fetched, I think. And, uh, I feel like I made uh, the right call and, and, um, able to fulfill my dream and passion as being a flex track guy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to make that decision and balance, but I really think that I made the right call. Do you still think flat track is where we'll see the next great American uh, world champion road racer come from? And if so, who are you keeping an eye on? I do. I think, um, I think our best spot right now is to put all of our uh, focus on Tyler Scott. And why, what do you, what do you like about Tyler? Oh man. It seems like anything the kid rides or does. He, uh, he's phenomenal at it. Um, whether it's supermoto back in the day or road racing or, or flat track, I really think, uh, you know, he's right now contending in the KTM Red Bull rookies cup. And, uh, he's done a lot of flat track. I mean, that's where he cut his, his teeth at was flat track. And in the last couple of years, he's been dabbling a lot in the road racing. So, uh, I really feel like if we have a chance at the, at the next, you know, basically Nikki Hayden, the next American GP champion, it's going to be Tyler Scott. And, uh, I wish him the best. So here you are, you have six championships closing in on 50 wins. You're a promoter. You promote the, uh, the Lima half mile every year. Um, what's the future for Jared Mees? Is it continuing to chase these numbers? Or are you going to get bigger into promotion? Where, where are you headed? I'm headed to chase some championships and some more race wins. Uh, you know, I'd like to probably, I think numbers and age wise, I would like to race until 38, 39, and then kind of see where I'm at right then and there, where the sport's at. Of course, you know, income wise where I'm at, I think that's all, you know, things that you got to kind of take in and understand. I don't want to be 38 years old and not competitive, not making any money and not having any fun. So at 38, if I can go, all right, I still can give these boys a run for their money and win these championships and or race wins. I'll probably keep going. If I could still make a, a good living racing motorcycles at 38, I'll keep going. And of course, if I'm having fun still, I'll keep going. So I, uh, I plan to race, you know, I want to race the next four to five more years. I still feel like I got a lot left in me. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of greats that have went into their early forties and have consistent for wins, consistent, consistent for championships and, and, um, race wins. So I, uh, that's kind of my short term goal. And my long-term goal on promoting is kind of more or less a year-by-year thing. The Lima Half Mile has been an awesome race to promote. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, my wife spends a lot of time on it. And she deserves a lot more credit than I do on it. So uh, I'd like to promote some more races in the future if it all makes sense business-wise. But uh, for right now, I'm pretty content with doing the Lima Half Mile and um, winning races and championships. Well, Jared, best of luck in chasing those numbers. We appreciate you joining us today on the Ralph Shaheen Show. No problem, man. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, Jared Meese, six-time Grand National Champion in the American Flat Track Championship season. I'm Ralph Shaheen. Thanks for listening to the Ralph Shaheen Show presented by Lucas Oil. See you at the races.